0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24 7 Sports Network. I'm Andrew Ivins, joined as always by David Lake. David, how are you doing? Weekend right around the corner, man. We're taping on a uh, Thursday morning.
1: Yeah, what day? It's May, right? It's Thursday, <laughs> May 7th. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it'll be good to get the weekend here. I know. Last episode, Andrew, we asked for five-star reviews. Write us a nice little message. It helps the ag- algorithm. Well, the let's call it the Andrew Ivan's army came through for us. They uh, last I looked, we were up to what 225 about uh, reviews, and that was up from like 170. So. Just wanted to say thank you to everyone. We definitely appreciate all those star ratings five star ratings helps us with the Apple podcast algorithm uh, helps us with the bosses at twenty four seven sports so again, wanted to say thank you for showing the love
0: yeah man I, I think we also said we were going to do a, try to do a mailbag here pretty soon yeah um, I was thinking I, th- I was targeting to do it on this podcast but uh, a ton of news keeps happening so that's making it a little difficult to squeeze it in so hopefully we'll push that maybe the next week we'll figure it out Um, how about
1: this let's just say look let's keep the reviews rolling ratings rolling if if you guys want to ask us a question via the review section for the podcast we will answer you know we'll pick out three to five of those questions and and answer them and give you a shout out on the podcast. Sound good? Well, that works for me. Um, okay. So I think
0: last episode we led off with uh, a new name in the in the transfer portal. Yeah, uh, and, and that was Jared Williams, the offensive lineman out of Houston. Well, David, there's another name in the transfer portal, and it's one that I think every Miami fan and probably the casual fan knows. And that is, uh, that is Isaiah Walker, the yeah. former top 24-7 offensive lineman out of Miami-Norland High School, uh, big-time tackle prospect. Miami was in on him extremely hard last cycle. Uh, he's a kid who visited campus a bunch of times. Looked like it was a Miami-Florida battle after he decommitted from South Carolina. Uh, it, you know, I, I, And it really seemed like once Florida beat Miami in week zero, things kind of went turned in Florida's direction, and he ended up committing with the Gators, signed and enrolled early. Um, And then a few days ago, bam, his name enters the transfer portal that's reported by multiple outlets. I know our colleagues at Swamp 247 confirmed it. Uh, So you got this blue chip tackle that's in the portal. And David, I think you are like leading the charge of Miami (laughs) needs to go get this kid.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I understand... And if you remember, when Manny Diaz tried to uh, announce that he wanted to uh, have some protocols in terms of, you know, trying to, let's, let's call it hardball with local recruits, whether it was decommitting or guys not coming to Miami originally, but wanting to transfer in due to various reasons down the road. I have never been a fan of the hardball approach, to be honest. And I think especially if Miami is not at the top of you know the college football world, I don't know how they can play hardball. That's where I come from it. Um, so I think if, if I'm looking at this through that lens, like should Miami make a move for Isaiah Walker? I say most definitely yes, because number one, he is a big-time talent. Number two, he is a big-time talent at a key position of need. He's going to be a very good college-level offensive tackle. I think he has the potential to one day play in the NFL. And so I don't know if Miami can necessarily take a stance of saying – yeah, you didn't pick us as a recruit. So now that you've entered the transfer portal, we're going to take a pass because we want to play this hardball approach. Um, Andrew, what what can you tell us? And again, I understand like the information uh, gathering has been tough with this Isaiah Walker situation. What can you tell us in terms of do you get the sense that Miami is taking that approach with Isaiah Walker? Uh,
0: When you say approach, kind of like doing its homework?
1: Like, do you think they are going to play hardball and say, oh, you didn't pick us as a recruit, so we're not interested? Or are they interested, from your understanding?
0: Well, um, I I do think Miami's interested in in Isaiah Walker and – As of Thursday morning at eleven oh five Eastern Time, I I think there's been some conversations between the two parties. Um, I wrote about this on our site. I talked about it in a video we did. Um, Initially, I kind of thought Miami might be a little hesitant to bring Isaiah Walker in because if you listen to what Manny Diaz has said uh, throughout his tenure, and I know it's been a short one here at Miami, he wants guys that want to be at Miami. Um, and I, and obviously every situation is different. Every situation is unique. Uh, but you also got to remember, if, if Miami turns around and takes Isaiah Walker, who left South Florida, went to Florida, things didn't work out. If they take him, you're telling other local kids, hey, it's okay to go to the SEC because you can always fall back on Miami. So I think that's kind of something that you have to keep in mind here. Um, and Miami has kind of turned guys away in the past. Remember Trayvon Grimes a few years ago? He, there was some reports, there was initial interest from his end in Miami, and Miami wasn't interested. So, or or, I mean, they didn't seem to be that interested and Grimes ended up at Florida. So I think you got to keep that in mind, but every situation is is different and unique. I also think Miami realizes that they need to win. Um, They also would really like to get, a, a blue chip offensive tackle, and, and Isaiah Walker could uh, be that guy. So it's interesting to see kind of what direction this goes. My understanding is there has been some contact. I think Miami's trying to do its homework and figure out um, what makes sense. And the other thing that's lingering over all this is the numbers situation. Miami, Miami only has one counter remaining uh, for this, this, this year, uh, in theory, they could uh, count Isaiah Walker forward and, and still add a graduate transfer that's going to make an uh, an immediate impact. So like a guy like Jared Williams, and the, then you would count Isaiah Walker towards that 2021 class, which could make the most sense because um, unless the NCAA rules change or, or Isaiah Walker gets a waiver, he's going to have to sit out in 2020. So uh, a lot of moving parts. Hard to get solid, solid information. That's just, but that's just kind of what I know
1: right now. And to your point, with every situation's different, I think you know, in turn, like referencing Trayvon Grimes, like I, that is a good point. I would say, you know, every situation being different. I get it. Where if Miami tells a transfer that plays like wide receiver or DB. Yeah, we're not interested because they that those position groups in South Florida are deep every year. And theoretically, Miami should be able to recruit that position group at a high level year in year out. I think what makes this Isaiah Walker situation different is that he plays offensive tackle. And if an offensive tackle says, Hey, I'm interested in coming. And like you said, he's a blue chip guy. Miami can't turn that away. Do you agree with that?
0: I do. I mean, well, uh, I, I see both sides of it. Uh, I, I think if you're a Miami fan, absolutely. 100% you, you gotta get Isaiah Walker. Um, y- you essentially count him forward. So what, what do I mean by that? Let's just consider him a class of, of 2021 recruit, you pair him with what you have committed right now in Michael McLaughlin, Ryan Rodriguez, uh, and Lawrence Seymour, and then you got uh, Isaiah Walker to go with him. Like, dude, that's like four legit yeah. offensive line recruits, and you think that's the, the future of your of your offensive line. So from that perspective, yes, I, I totally get it 100%. I, I'm all for that. I think you got to make that move. Now, to be uh, the devil's advocate on the other side of the shoulder or, or whatever analogy you want to use here, I also just think you got to think big picture about the program. What message do you want to send? And I touched on it a few minutes ago, just with kind of establishing the culture, um, you know, putting some value into that scholarship offer. And again, we really don't know all the details about why Isaiah Walker is leaving. I've heard different things. I know uh, Blake Alderman at Swamp 247 is. As well, Josh Newberg at, at the Super Two Four Seven has been reporting some stuff as well. Seems like family issues are the reason why he has left. There, a lot of people think he wants to get closer back to home. So, so maybe there, there's more to the story than we know. But I, I, who do we know that Manny Diaz always tries to kind of uh, of of model what he's doing with this program? After we know it's we know it's Dabo Sweeney at, at Clemson, and uh, what I think a lot of people don't realize is. Now, the first couple of years, it took a while for Dabo to establish a culture at Clemson. Um, they, they made a lot of sacrifices at a lot of different times to get where they are today, uh, to get to the point where they're only offering 23 offensive recruits a cycle. I mean, that is insane. Um, so yeah. I, I, I think if Manny is adamant about going in that direction, you got to think long and you got to think hard about what you want to do here now i'm not saying that's what they should do i i just want to bring up that point that if he wants if he wants to be clemson um clemson took a lot of there was a lot of sacrifices in in that initial going i mean everyone looks at clemson what we've seen now the past couple of years and they think um that hope happened overnight but it, it really didn't do that so just something to keep in mind with all this. I'm not saying Miami won't get Isaiah Walker. I'm not saying they shouldn't go after Isaiah Walker. I'm just saying these yeah. are the conversations that are probably going on behind the scenes that the average person doesn't understand. And when we say it's a fluid situation and they're doing homework, these are
1: the things that I think are being brought up. I think another point we should touch on that I would bet is a conversation Miami's having in reference to Isaiah Walker is you know, let's be real. Some of recruiting is about playing defense, too. And we know Florida State is thirsty to add Isaiah Walker. They really want to add him to their roster. We all know. I mean, we talk about Miami's offensive line needing help. Florida State's offensive line is probably in a worse situation than Miami. And so let's say you got a like Isaiah Walker is good enough in his own right. Don't get me wrong. But if it also means Miami takes Isaiah Walker to ensure that he doesn't end up at Florida state, I think that's also a nice little bonus.
0: Yeah. And
1: something else
0: with specifically uh, Isaiah Walker is I said, Miami wants guys that make an immediate impact. Um, There is reason to believe that Isaiah Walker could actually probably get a waiver Uh, I mean, the NCAA has been handing them out. And given kind of where the country is right now, I think there's also a chance that maybe uh, everyone gets waived and and can play in in 2020. And I think Isaiah Walker is the type of talent that, like, could play as a freshman. He is way further along than Navon Donaldson was, way further along than DJ Scaife. Obviously, he's further along than uh, Zion Nelson and and Ja'Kai Clark. So, heck, man, maybe you do get him into an extended preseason camp and he could like emerge as a guy that that plays relatively on especially in a spread offense so I think that is also something that's being taken into account
1: so let me uh, let me ask you I got two questions so Isaiah last cycle he was primarily recruited by Butch Berry is that right the offensive line coach that's safe to assume yeah it was it was Butch Berry for sure and uh but So, I mean, Miami has a new offensive line coach and Garen Justice, that relationship probably, I mean, they got to talk a little bit, obviously, to get to know each other. But Miami also had plenty of other guys who participated in recruiting Isaiah, correct?
0: Right, right. So the two schools we know that have been in contact or are interested in Isaiah Walker are Florida State and Miami. Now, I've heard there's a ton of other schools in there, um, I think Josh Newberg's hold, heard the same, but no one can really kind of like pin down who else who, who else those other people are in there. So a, a lot of people are thinking, oh, well, Florida State makes sense. Isaiah considered them coming out of high school. Yeah, but uh, that entire staff I- I- is gone. I mean, uh, they're gone. Um, he he knows the campus because he visited there five times, but those guys are all gone. On the flip side, Miami, Daninos is out, Butch Berry's out. But you still got Manny Diaz, who is involved in the recruitment. He's still there. Stephen Field is still on the offensive staff. He he handles New Orleans for the Hurricanes. I mean, he was at Isaiah Walker's spring game. Uh, then yeah. you got the, your off-field guys. You got David Cooney, the director of recruiting. I mean, he's a guy that Isaiah Walker was around when he was on campus. You have Edwin Pata, who's another assistant director of recruiting, um, and he kind of really focuses and hones in on the offensive linemen. So you got a relationship there. And then, I mean, there's other people as well. It's not like Isaiah Walker doesn't know anyone at Miami, if that makes sense. So I think that is certainly notable. Um, And if you're a guy who went away from home to Florida, something didn't work out, it didn't jive, are you really ready to go further from home and play for people you really don't know? Um, I think it would be a lot more attractive to Go with people
1: you somewhat trust, if that makes sense. And then my next question would be, and again, if you can't answer this, just say it's hard to get information on all this. Totally understand that. Do you think this Isaiah Walker situation impacts Miami chasing Jared Williams at all, the graduate offensive tackle at Houston that we've previously discussed that is also in the transfer portal? I I don't know. Uh,
0: again, I think I think there's an avenue and a route to get both of them. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Uh, I also want to know what happens if like, a splashy slot receiver of sorts pops up in the portal, uh, a guy who can definitely make an impact right away. What happens if one of those guys emerges here soon? Because I think Miami would definitely want to take one of those guys as well if possible. So I, I don't know. Um, I, I would assume Miami tries to count Isaiah Walker forward, like I like I touched on earlier with the kind of a, the recruiting thing. From from what I've heard in the intel is Miami's now now that they have Ryan Rodriguez, Michael McLaughlin, and, and Lawrence Seymour, they're they're trying to hunt for like a blue chip offensive tackle, um, right. so like a five star type guy. And look, man, if you get Isaiah Walker, and that really alleviates that 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 pain or that pressure, like you don't have to uh, be concerned and worried about that. Like you already got one in the boat. So that's just kind of how I I would gauge that. So if they can kind of count him as a quote unquote 21, it would, it would be a lot easier to bring him in.
1: Let's say Miami feels like they could just hypothetically, and we're not saying this is the case, but Miami can only take one of Jared Williams or Isaiah Walker. Which one do you take if you're Miami?
0: I was gonna I want I wanted to ask you that. Uh I'll give you my answer. Okay. Well my answer is not gonna be popular, so everyone can probably follow, follow the Florida fans and <laughs> blow up me up and and message me and whatnot. Uh I would probably take Jared Williams. Just I because agree. just because I get what Manny is trying to do um in terms of the big picture with the program and I, I know you have to make exceptions here and there. I just, I don't, I, I
1: don't, I don't know. Um, and again, this is a total hypothetical Miami. Theoretically, there is a path for them to potentially add both guys. But if you're asking me in the, in this hypothetical, which one do I, would I rather have? I'm taking Jared Williams as well. And the reason I take them is purely from a win now perspective. Like I think Jared Williams is an immediate starter at offensive tackle Manny Diaz needs to win. Now he cannot wait on a freshman offensive lineman to turn good whenever that happens. Uh, He needs to win now. So I think, you know, if I'm Miami and that's my choice, I'm not saying that is going to be the case at all. Uh, I would rather have Jared Williams. Got
0: you. Got you. Uh, Let's, let's take a quick break. Coming up on the other side, We're going to get into a ton of recruiting news because um, we are like in mini signing day season, it seems like. Uh, (laughs) There's like a ton of commitments. I'm very busy. Like, I think I made uh, a counted 18 phone calls yesterday, which is just crazy for a random Tuesday. So yeah, we're going to talk recruiting on the other side. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
1: post your free job on linkedin.com slash
0: recommend today. All right, David, we are back. Um, the big news besides uh, Isaiah Walker, Miami picked up, I would think probably the biggest commitment in a long time. And Elijah Arroyo on um, Sunday night, he was a force. He is a four star tight end out of uh, the Lone Star State. He attends Independence High School in Frisco, Texas. Um, I I'm really high on this kid. I've never seen him in person. My player comp is Jordan Leggett, uh, the former Clemson tight end. Like this is a guy to me, you can flex to the outside, uh, it, it, which is perfect for Rhett Lashley's offense. I mean, he's 6'4", 210. I know there's gonna be a ton of people that cringe when they hear 210 and wait. Guys, Miami has a good strength coach in David Feely. Players develop. Do not look at those numbers. Miami knows what it's doing. Uh, but to me, this is this is a monster get. I mean, Miami... Really, when you talk about recruiting battles, how many battles has have, have the Hurricanes won of, of late? Obviously, Avante Williams, um, but there's really hasn't been much, and they beat out Texas A and M, Alabama, Auburn, uh, USC, like all those schools were involved in this recruitment. So I think uh, we need to give uh, Elijah Arroyo uh, s- some time on the podcast right here.
1: Yeah, and I like your Jordan Leggett uh, comparison. He was a guy who. Definitely was a playmaker at Clemson. You know, I think with spread offenses, the tight end position and the wide receiver position are becoming more and more blurred. And, you know, essentially it's there's gonna be a role in this Rhett Lashley offense that's like a hybrid type receiver. And who is on the roster that already fits that mold? Brevin Jordan is that kind of guy. And I think Will Mallory is also that kind of guy. I also see a little bit of Will Mallory in um, Elijah's tape. I think Will probably has better straight line speed um, but I see similar length, just pure receiving ability. Obviously Will, you know, he wasn't the biggest guy when he arrived at Miami um, but he's, he's definitely thickened up over the years I think Will's in store for a productive 2020 season, whenever that happens. And yeah, I think Elijah Arroyo is one of the best pass-catching tight ends in the country. And so Miami adding that type of guy, that type of weapon, it's, it's a big deal. I think pairing him with uh, Khalil Brantley is a nice little pair at tight end to Keep that pipeline going, that depth. You know, Brantley to me, he's more of a like short area-ish type tight end. He can he can work the short passing routes, and he's also good in the red zone. He's very good at uh, high pointing balls, winning those fifty-fifty balls. Whereas Elijah Arroyo can be a guy that stretches the field with his speed, fluidity, and the, that kind of skill set. So. You know, honestly, Miami's quietly putting together, I think, a pretty nice class. We're obviously all uh, interested in, in what happens at quarterback, but I think Miami is putting some pieces together that, in theory, should be intriguing for their quarterback targets that they are chasing, because I think a quarterback could come in and do well with these players that Miami's adding in this class.
0: Well, I kind of, I would guess, segues right into the next news, uh, and we'll get to that in a second, but you're right. You've got to like what they're kind of doing on offense, especially as of late. You pair Elijah Arroyo with Khalil Brantley, and yeah, it's not the two-headed monsters of, of, of Storm 18 in terms of the stars and the rankings, but when I watch all the tight ends in the country, like, these are two of the better fits for the spread offense and now you've got some offense alignment committed you have thad franklin in the boat we'll we'll see if he sticks um i i think you know anything could happen with him he seems to uh be tweeting about anything and everything and wants to maybe play basketball in college Uh, that's that's probably a whole nother podcast but you're starting to form that offensive class and i think it makes it a lot easier to go out and recruit A quarterback and get a quarterback when you have guys you can point to as hey these are going to be your uh your targets um so let's let's get into that next thing there's there's been some development on on the quarterback front um uh, on monday garrett nussmeyer a top 24 7 quarterback out of the dallas metro area he uh committed to lsu this was kind of expected uh a lot of people thought the defending national champs were in a good spot throughout the recruitment. They were, but he did say a few weeks ago that he was going to push back his announcement and potentially visit Miami. That didn't happen. So he picked the the Tigers on Monday. Then Wednesday, Demetrius or Demetrius Davis, excuse me, another top two four seven quarterback. Uh, he's out of Houston, North Shore. He decommits from Virginia Tech. And he's another guy that Miami has been recruiting. So he's back on the market. A ton of crystal balls have come in for Auburn. And while I think Auburn is in a good spot, do not rule out uh, Miami. I know there's been some contact behind the scenes. Rhett Lashley has, has been working him and the family. I, I believe, I have reason to believe, Manny Diaz has also been in there. Uh, so one target, good, one tar- bad news on one target, good news uh, on the other target.
1: Do you know, I know you've mentioned, so another guy they're chasing is Jalen Milrow at Texas, who's a Texas commitment. Um, three three met,
0: Texas kids.
1: Yeah. And you've mentioned that um, Derek King has a relationship with Jalen Milrow. Do you know if, does Derek know Demetrius Davis at all?
0: I'm not, I've not heard anything like that. Like with Jalen Milrow, uh, I know that, I think Jalen played at one point for the same seven on seven organization as Derek okay. King, um, and, and th- I, th- there's like a photo of those two floating around uh, in in a Houston locker room, um, with, like kind of celebrating after a Houston win. Like when Jalen's a freshman in high school, so there is a there is a relationship of sorts there.
1: So I mean, I just bring it up because Demetrius Davis, there is a lot of similarities in terms of skill set uh, and size at the quarterback. The play- yeah. No, go ahead, go. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's fine. They're, they're pretty much the same size, same guy. Uh, the player comp is De'Ara King, right, for Demetrius Davis. So I was just curious if they have a relationship, and if they did, you know, obviously that would, you would think, be a good thing for Miami.
0: Right, and what I like about Demetrius Davis is he is going to be a rare four-year starter. Yes. Um, and he's like 38-2 and two with two state titles. I mean, he is very similar to King in, in, in the fact that he can score uh, pretty much any time he touches the ball with his legs or with his arm. And I don't think he's uh, as dynamic and electric as De'Eric King. I mean, De'Eric returned a kickoff yeah. or a touchdown at the college level. That, to me, yeah. is still insane to, th- to think about. But he's elusive, and I I think he can – Get it done in, in Rhett Lashley's offense if that's kind of what Rhett wants. But I know we talked about in the last, last podcast, like Rhett is also all about the arm throwing it in the strength. And I don't know yeah. if, uh, if Demetrius's arm is anywhere or up to par with what
1: D'Eriks is. I would agree with that assessment. I think, you know, what makes Demetrius dangerous is his running ability. And so that. And again, it's probably not as elite as Derek King's running ability, but it is dangerous. Um, it is something that needs to be respected, and so that dual threat ability will open up some deep shots down the field. I think if if defenses are able to contain his dual threat ability though and force him into being a passer, it could get a little interesting with Demetrius Davis, but. If he goes and plays in an offense that will lean on his dual threat ability, he's going to be a productive college player. Um, Let me ask you, Andrew, and again, maybe you can't answer this. Maybe this is just pure speculation by you if you do answer. Um, But what is the sense you get if Miami had their pick of the litter? Who do you think would be their number one quarterback that's available right now?
0: Uh, I don't know. (laughs) And I would count
1: Jalen Milrow as available. I'm not saying like Garrett Nussmeyer. You know what I'm saying?
0: I I would probably go with um, Demetrius Davis, Uh, but Jalen Milrow I think is right there. I I really do think Manny puts a big, a lot of stock into uh, how a quarterback kind of carries himself. And, And to have that type of record at a massive school in Texas yeah. a chance to be a rare four-year starter like you have to be somewhat of a pretty good team leader and I think Manny really looks for that I mean I don't know Jalen rec- Jay- Milrow's record right in front of me but, I, but that, that's kind of what I think I will also say though I, even though Jalen Milrow is committed to Texas I might if I was handicapping this I think they might have a Miami might have a better chance with him than than Demetrius Davis but uh, Demetrius is probably going to take visits. And while most people are assuming Auburn is, is the pick and and that's where he'll be. um, I I don't really think it's a done deal yet. I I could be wrong. I mean, I don't have a crystal ball pick in or anything like that, but uh, let's let that breathe a little bit before we just kind of sign seal and deliver him to, to Auburn, especially, you know, what happens if Gus Malzahn's on a a hot seat or or, or whatnot. And uh, of course, Manny is on a hot seat as well. So there's just some moving parts, and I don't think there's going to be visits this summer. Um, right. So, who
1: knows? I would say too. Touching on your Jalen Milrow point, um, people might be listening to this wondering why would a Texas kid that's committed to Texas not go to Texas? Well, last recruiting class, so the 2020 recruiting class, Texas signed two quarterbacks, both of which were ranked in the top 100 overall players in the country. So it makes sense that Jalen Milro would be exploring his options. And you've already mentioned he has a what is believed to be a pretty good relationship with DeRa King. Um so I think I would agree that Miami might have a better chance with Jalen Milro. People on the surface might wonder what like what are these guys talking about? But that's the reason why. I mean, is a guy really going to sign up. I mean, quarterbacks are very picky and choosy on where they go for good reason. There's only, only one of them plays. <laughs> so I don't, I don't see Jalen Milroe going to Texas following two top 100 quarterbacks uh, in the previous class.
0: And Jalen Milroe didn't commit to Texas when this current offensive coordinator was in place. Uh, it was someone else. Um, I don't, don't have it in front of me probably should have came a little more prepared for the podcast, no. but I, I didn't know we would go this deep on, on Jalen Melrose.
1: <laughs> and then I guess just the other guy we should probably touch on with quarterback recruiting, Aaron McLaughlin, right? It just seems like my, he's a yeah. guy from Georgia. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. He, he's a four-star guy, former Auburn commit, uh, Rhett Lashley, uh, like I think was at one time when he was at Auburn, actually w- was there when, uh, the Tigers were recruiting Aaron McLaughlin. He's a big-arm guy, more of a dual threat. Uh, I think your player comp for him is uh, Felipe Franks. I, yeah. I would agree with that. Um, NC State, the, the the crystal ball leader, a lot, a lot of people think he could end up there. I, I think he wants to take some visits, but the longer this temporary dead period goes on, the better chance that he could probably end up uh, just just picking NC State. But at the same time, I've heard that NC State might not sit around and wait for this guy. Like they're going to go try to get a quarterback as well. They want one in the boat as soon as they can. Louisville, another school that's involved there. So, yeah, he's the other one. Um, He visited Miami like as a a sophomore years ago with his 7-on-7 team. So he's not completely uh, unfamiliar with what the campus looks like or or the facilities. I mean, I think when he visited it was before the IPF was even – being constructed but he at least has a general idea of uh what what the palm trees look like and maybe what some of the co-eds look like walking around
1: so really that those are the three names to know right fair to say we'll see what happens with those three guys
0: for now i I think there's a chance maybe some new offers could eventually go out um but the lack of in-person evaluations are probably going to make
1: that uh a little bit a little bit harder so there's been some recent movement with skill players on offense. Um, tell us what we need to know there.
0: Uh, we touched on a, Elijah Arroyo at the beginning of, of the podcast. I think Miami is pretty much done at tight end. Um, well, actually, I know they are. They're going to take those two. Khalil's locked in. Elijah a kid who grew up in the state of Florida. Uh, the, it'll be interesting w- with him to see if he's going to enroll early. He told me there's a chance he could do that. I think if Miami gets him – on campus, um, relatively uh, in that weight room, as soon as I can with with David Feely, that that would be absolutely huge. Um, yeah, but other other positions where there's been some movement is wide receiver uh, Jacoby George, a four star wideout out of Plantation High School there in Broward County. He announced on Thursday that he'll be making a commitment on June sixth. Miami is in, in the final group of schools. Uh, along with Georgia Tech, Penn State, and some others. I'm not really going to mention the others because uh, I think the ones that matter are, are Georgia Tech and, and Penn State. Penn State, obviously, is where former UM wide receivers coach Taylor Stubblefield is, is now on staff, and Jacoby George was at one time committed to Miami when and Coach Stubblefield. So I think they're a team to watch. Same with Georgia Tech. Um, but Jacoby hasn't had a chance of, to visit either of those schools. So I, I think Miami's in a good spot. Stay, stay tuned to to the site to see if uh, I toss in the, the crystal ball pick at some point down the line. But, yeah, he's one who uh, um,
1: I, I think has a chance to ultimately end up in this class. What are your thoughts on Jacoby just as a player? Because I think he's a little underrated. Um, and, and I think, you know, his, off, his offer list or schools he's considering list is a little – Underwhelming compared to the talent that he is. Why do you think those things? Like, why do you think he might be underrated? Why do you think colleges haven't necessarily gone, gone all in on him?
0: Uh he's 160 pounds. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, he's a he's a five eleven, 160 pound wideout. I think that I don't want to say it hurts him, but um, I, I think schools see that and, and they're concerned. My counter to that would be: Look, man, he he caught 46 passes. Uh, for 1,000 yards and 12 touchdowns in playing 7A football in South Florida. I, I saw him in a, yeah. a preseason scrimmage against Chaminade Madonna. Yes, Chaminade Madonna was, was down a few guys, uh, but he had three touchdowns in the first half uh, against a defense that had multiple f- power five players. So to me, I agree. He's he's a, a pretty – I'm not saying he's an elite musket talent, but, man, like he has the chance to be pretty – pretty special just because he hasn't really grown into his body, if that makes sense. And I I know I'm not the only one that shares this opinion. He's got a – he was invited to the Under Armour All-America game um, by by the folks who who put on that game. So they're big believers in him as well. And uh, I think, you know, you you line him up in the slot and you see what he can do. Uh, If I had to comp him to someone, I I think on his profile, I said Amon Richards. He's not as tall as Amon Richards, but similar in in their development – I think Mike Harley might work a little bit, but he's not as fast as Mike Harley, uh, or we don't have those verified speed times. So those are, so think of it like a mix between those two.
1: Yeah, I can see the Amon Richards thing. Um, you know, I think Amon was similar in that he was ultra productive in high school, and he was also very, very young looking, if that makes sense at the high school level. So he really started physically maturing, you know, that like spring of his senior year of high school, going into his freshman year at Miami. I think Jacoby George might be on that similar quote unquote late bloomer track in terms of just physically. Um, but yeah, I, I think let's say Jacoby is like 80% Amon Richards. That's a very good player. Um, I think I'm a big fan of this take. I think he'd be an excellent fit in this, um, Rhett Lashley spread offense.
0: Final guy we should hit on before we, uh, wrap things up. Rashard Smith, very similar, uh, player to Jacoby George in terms of being a smaller wide receiver. I think he's only five, nine, 160 pounds, but he's at Miami Palmetto. Um, David, I know you think he's a four star prospect. Yes. Most recruiting services have him as a three star. Well, he decommitted um, from Florida uh, last weekend. Hasn't really put out a, a top group of schools or anything like that. But from what I've heard, Miami's involved. The Gators are still involved. And then it's like LSU, uh, Alabama, and LSU. And uh, my thought there is I, I'm not sure he's a. a Big enough to play, maybe for some of those schools, but he's certainly talented enough in, in terms of how fast he is. Um, I think he he scored fifteen touchdowns on like thirty touches as a
1: as a junior. Yeah, I mean that's a ridiculous stat right there. I like um, I like Brashard because he's a guy that for this new spread offense, he's a guy that you can get creative with and line up in multiple spots. So. I think he is thick enough to line up at running back if you want to give him some touches there or use him as a passing option out of the backfield. Or he can play in the slot. We've been out to multiple seven on seven events when he has been quite effective uh, during one on ones wide receivers going against uh, corners. He knows how to run routes change speed get get open create separation. Yeah, he's not the biggest guy, but I think in this offense, he can really, really thrive, be a weapon, and be a guy that will just give defenses headaches because they'll have to key in on him wherever he lines up, and that creates opportunities for other players.
0: So, like I said, uh, I think Miami's in it. I I would not count out Florida, Um, and then maybe like Tennessee... Alabama or, or whatnot there. Um, David, what do you, what do you got going on this weekend? What's, what's on, what's on tap?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm just staying inside like the, it's nothing's really going to change with my life with this situation. So we're still practicing the social distancing thing. I will say, I think we should highlight, um, on the website, that 24 /7 sports is running a 60 percent off an annual VIP subscription sale. And that ends Friday night, I believe, 11:59, so just before midnight, Friday night. So if you're listening to this podcast before then, we'd appreciate it. If, if you jump on board, I think that comes out to be like 43 bucks for a year's worth of VIP coverage. Also, let me remind people—you know—smash that five stars for us. It, it definitely helps in the the algorithm for the podcast. Yeah,
0: we uh, appreciate the reviews. I think I'm going to have a mock recruiting class uh, it's, uh, on Friday or Saturday. That's that's kind of what I'm what I'm targeting, and I would obviously um, keep checking the site because I, I don't know if we're on Isaiah Walker watch, but I we think are. we should get we should get some more clarity, maybe. At some point over the next few days. So appreciate it, guys. We will talk to you next time. Take care.